0: Welcome to the Scale Up Valley podcast, where we bring the best of the best to help to scale your business from one million to one trillion. Today we have a very special guest. Uh, he is back. He has been in one of our previous episodes almost one year uh, ago. I recall that was also in the summer, and I was uh, at the office of uh, one of his um, uh, of his portfolio companies, It and And his name is gonzalo Tradacete, managing partner at Faraday Venture Partners. Welcome back, Gonzalo to the show thank you very much Mike very very pleased to uh, participate in your show <laughs> thank you very much It's really a pleasure to have you back and uh, yeah we have we have talked in in during peace time, and now we are as you know we are doing a special edition uh, dedicated to wartime and to help uh, startups and scale-ups and founders and executives and to be better prepared for for the times that we are facing today and for the um, upcoming months. So it's always been, it's always great to, to pick up your brain and learn from you and from your portfolio so you can all help each other. So it's all about uh, community. For the ones who didn't have the opportunity to listen from yourself in the last episode, if you could just introduce yourself and, and the amazing job that you are doing at Faraday, I I, I would be very uh,
1: thankful. Thank you very much, my well, uh, Faraday Venture Partners is a, a private investors club uh, specialized in venture capital. We invest in the early stage of companies. Uh, early stage, I mean, early commercial stage, at least six, 12 months of sales. And we analyze and we invest in that, that stage and we make a lot of follow-on uh, funding as well but we enter at that stage in particular we initiated in spain and now we are also active in portugal uh mike as you know i'm in awesome. germany as well It's our first uh, investment in germany these days actually so we're very happy and we will be also right. opening new new towns in in uh, in europe in the coming months good So we we really co-invest along uh, venture capital funds. We are uh, a different animal, but good friends with them, with Business Angel. We're in the middle of both, let's say, of uh, company stage, I guess. We have a very broad view. We don't invest in any specific sector. We invest in everything that we see uh, sense, And uh, we are very much focused on uh, the commercial part of the company. We try to... uh, put all our uh, efforts in um, helping the companies to sell more okay mm-hmm. o- also obviously in the strategy of financing in next rounds of financing because that's our job that, that's what we do as day-to-day living we are investors we talk with other investors but uh, and, and we have a structure for that and some resources but we i like to say that we are different in the sense that we have a very strong commercial focus we really believe the best proxy of the value creation and of the profit for, for our own investments is a rapid, consistent, marginful, recurrencyful full growth. Because that's very important for us, very happy clients and very many clients. Exactly. That's the most important thing for, for the company exactly. so, in a sense. Exactly. Okay, so that's what we are. And on the other side, instead of having a few LPs, we have private individuals. Uh, there's private mm-hmm. investors like you and me. We invest, okay, yeah. 10,000, 20,000. Some of them go 200,000 in that one. Uh, right. But many of them, 3,000 or 2,000. We are 227 members across Europe at the moment. That's incredible. Congrats. Uh, and We're growing at uh, normal in peace times. We're going at four or five new members per club per month uh it's during amazing. we will talk about that during wartime there was a couple of months that everyone was scared obviously and mm-hmm. now we're coming back with these uh three five uh, uh new members per month opening new clubs and starting with our own digital as the one of the good parts of the pandemic as well digital commercial
0: strategies exactly. as well
1: Exactly. So, uh, exactly so that's what we are
0: that's amazing so in less than a year you are already in portugal my own town that's why we were uh, kind of doing this private joke and and germany uh, as well a very competitive market in in the investment uh, landscape yeah and it's good well, to very
1: important this internationalization as uh, so we were talking in that conversation i remember but i believe yeah. the early stage is very important for europe uh, to yeah. be able to have professionals that invest at that particular stage that are able to connect with people like you with you know uh, yeah. professionalities at an early stage of the company, the company itself, I believe there's a lot of value creation potential and exactly. in the smallest and smallest time frames every year going on. The more digital the economy, the quicker you can get to your real customers anywhere exactly. they are exactly. So exactly. I, I really believe in this uh, in the in this focus, and that's why we are internationalizing and opening new clubs instead of trying to grow the Spanish club, uh, which would make us go to a later stage, which is what we don't want. We want to be in the early stage in many places because we believe that's where the opportunity and the necessity are. You know? Yeah, and as I was telling you today, we uh, no this week uh, we we're sharing the first investment opportunity in the. You know, that was for a week in the booking period, let's say, for the 16 German partners as of today, in three, four months. Yeah. Amazing. And these 16 partners, there were nine of them who made bookings. Amazing. Amazing. So that's incredible. For me, that's a very important proof that it's a model thing. And, you know, the opportunities, German, Portuguese, Spanish, De- Danish, uh, anyone right. has got ideas and talent. and. Now nowadays access to really good education if they really want to learn you know exactly so that's uh i really believe in this global small scale you know but mm-hmm. global network of clubs yeah. very well connected and very well focused on the commercial selling part of the investments they make yeah, exactly Okay. Sorry, I was a bit too long on that part. Probably. No, no, I think
0: I think it's amazing, and that, that's 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 what we want to learn from you and to see the passion and the vision of what you are trying to build. And uh, it also shows that you believe in what you are doing. That's why you are passionate talking about it. And I think that I was just introducing the topic and getting a little bit out of script here, and, and just thinking as as you as you were talking that. Um, I would say that when Europe really started to, to grow in the VC industry or in the investment industry was really after the last economic crisis in 2008, So, uh, so it, it might be a very good opportunity for, for the industry to grow even more with the current pandemic uh, crisis because as you said, there is a lot of talent and there is a lot of capital and uh, and that 's a perfect combination when we have the the right teams, the right ideas, the right products, and the right capital, um, and the right customers to to make the business uh, start up and scale and, and The second component of it that I always like to discuss on the show, especially when I host um, early stage um, investors as as you and your club, is that uh, an amazing scale up can only happen if you do the right things on the starting up stage. So that's why I love also to to keep in touch with with uh, professionals that do a very good job in the early stage. Because if, if things come to us at one million, two million, five million ARR in in a bad shape, it, it is very difficult to make it right. So it and and we know what what are the thoughts. But starting with the first one, what is your view uh, that maybe this is a new economic crisis, and, and this might be even a, a booster to to keep uh, expanding the industry. Well,
1: um, it's uh, I, I was actually studying the data uh, for this today, wow. uh, you know, because we were making a presentation for new this uh, particular strategy in mind, and mm-hmm. I I was verifying the years of birth of the biggest uh, technological companies in Europe and the world. I guess less than 10% of the biggest brand names in the industry that you know that we can talk about in a very interesting ways in these kind of shows, you know, were all born just before, or just after, or during a crisis. Or, a, I mean, exactly. a recession, not a crisis, a recession. Exactly. Okay? We can talk about the bubble, the dot-com bubble in 2000. Yeah, there were some there, very interesting ones, very interesting. But that was not a recession. Recession was the global financial crisis in 2007, 2008. And there, there were huge Uber, uh, you know, uh, WhatsApp. uh, But you go into many different sectors of the economy and you had huge innovation there, you know. Absolutely. And and, and you see that. Why? Because there is normally a change with the recession comes Obviously, it is uh, uh, even more encouraged if there are changes also in the technological infrastructure, which we had from 2000 onwards with the growth of internet access, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's not the invention; it's the access of the consumer, mm-hmm. you know, the speed exactly. and the e-commerce trust and all everything that we've had from 2000 onwards, that which is what makes you can grow hugely if you have the right product or service. When have you got the right product or service? Well, not when have others got the right product to say, well, when the necessity has been there for a long time and they have huge resources and big companies and they can do whatever they need to adapt the, the product better and better. But if there's a pandemic, let's say, mm-hmm. and it changes totally the way of consuming certain types of goods or services, that represent obviously an opportunity that people do that have been laid off many times because of the recession itself Uh, have an idea because of a pain they have lived themselves Mm
0: -hmm.
1: as a result of the pandemic and to solve that pain very motivated to solve it can fight giants because giants have their own problems I have still 2 million and a half clients with this product I'm losing 5% per quarter I need to solve this I have an ERTE going on 2,000 employees and I need to lay off and I have so many fires at the same time, I cannot focus on a new product for the new necessity, I need to reshape myself and that is the moment to attack. Exactly. I hope not being too aggressive but always aggressive is an opportunity, always. And if on top of that you have the infrastructure, I mean technological infrastructure and access uh, 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 no infrastructure as universities, how many people 25 to 35 have not gone to a good university in Europe? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> <It's a great laughs> if you person. have a lot of uh, accelerators, incubators who have uh, blossomed after the last crisis, but are prepared to take in new ideas and to educate them in the marketing, the lifetime value cag you know, how to exactly. create a startup and stuff. I think it
0: is the moment that 's amazing that's a very uh, encouraging view on, on the world, and I, I agree with you, uh, especially any I know you investment. agree <laughs> <laughs> Any, any world class investment professional uh, knows that we need to be called uh, when, when things are changing and that this is a huge opportunity. And we need to take care of our emotions and of our fear and uh, and be focused on the opportunity and Thanks. and make it happen right so that's a question of uh, mindset. Easier said than done. So that's great to listen that from from you uh, here on the show and let's come back to the three critical ingredients that we always discuss here. so number one, radical focus. Number two, world-class leadership team, that's all related with this conversation, and number three, a culture of um, execution. So starting with number one, and of course, we want also to to pick some examples that you can share among your your portfolio in terms of best practices or lessons that we we might learn from them. Um, focus is really important during peacetime and uh, during wartime, according to our theory and what we have been discussing, we might have even more opportunities. So it seems that in wartime, uh, we might need to change strategy and change the path very, very quickly to adapt to the new situation. But at the same time, if we get tempted to try to do too many things, especially in wartime, uh, this can be very dangerous. So focus seems to be even more important in wartime than in peace time, especially when you have less uh, resources. So what's your take on radical focus, peace time versus wartime, and how how have you seen your um, portfolio of companies adapt to the new situation and really find their critical priorities uh during the pandemic crisis okay what we did uh
1: the day one of the pandemic the emergency state and stuff uh was 13th of uh, march which if I it was a Friday was the monday uh, yeah. we sent an email uh, and we contacted them personally um let's say imagine we have around 20 companies in the portfolio right yeah 10 of them which are well that's important from the investor point of view, okay, <laughs> especially yeah. in, uh, okay. So half of them, uh, uh, half what we say tailwind. Okay. Because it's great. People are at home and consume more of these goods, like video games, like digital signature, like stuff like that. Right. right. And half of them, not at all in the eye of the storm, we call it, you know, mm-hmm. which is like a travel agency. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect example. <laughs> exactly. Drop to zero. International travel agency. So you can't, you just can't. You still have exactly. to pay them, pays though. Okay. So you need to solve this out. Yes. Yeah. So first thing we did is one hour a week with each of the CEOs of the uh, half, 10 companies of the portfolio that were in the aid of the store to see the treasury, to see the excels, like the monthly projections. Monthly week to see the cash to have full visibility on the cash for them to have it and for us to be able to spar with them on three particular topics three top priorities in wartime as you say wartime Mm -hmm. it was two months and a half nearly three ago Mm -hmm. today is i wouldn't call it wartime i would call it post-war even even if it's not real, comparable to a war in the sense that you can have a rebrote. How do we say that in English? Uh, a comeback of the virus in, a, yeah. in October or whatever. Some experts yeah. are saying whatever. Okay, you yeah. know, in a post-war real time, you, you, you know, there's no, you think there's not going to be any more war. So that is yeah. a big difference in exactly. the strategy thing. But in the full war, two months and a half ago, is every single week, yeah, three top priorities. To see the cash, yeah, in three ways. First, use cost at the maximum level. Use all the public government uh, help that you can to cover the salaries of the people that you really need to stay and you know see how much can you reduce to have it hibernate. But line by line, every single line, and spar with me. Why cannot you take it even down more? <laughs> Okay, just to to make you reflect on that. Second, push the cash availability to All the ECOS, uh, the different uh, also government programs that are available to companies that are affected by the pandemia, whatever. Go to all the commercial banks and try to have the maximum cash you have on that. We had a compliance and legal affairs officer and a CFO, and they were advising personally as well to the application of the ERTEs, for the reduction of salary cost and to yeah. the application of the cash loans but i was checking with them the implementation of this contingency planning let's say on reducing expense and maximizing cash first two are very not easy but obvious and immediate priorities and once you've put a order mean reducing at the maximum and uh, mounting at the uh, reducing the minimum and mounting to the maximum cash Think what can you do, like new business yeah. opportunities. What can you do with the resources you have, with the yeah. channels that you use to distribute your product or service, service you do, can you modify it a bit to make it better in this new situation with mm-hmm. the kind of clients you have, with the kind of engineers you have in your company, whatever. Mm-hmm. But think about that. And like that was a more pleasant part, you know, it like was a brainstorming okay. how to adapt. Exactly. And they've been doing amazing things. Amazing things. Some different companies. One of them uh gel for the, uh, and yep. the other masks. Right. Two different companies, among many very things. A travel tech company was making for the airlines a software that told the clients where they could go and what permits in real time they needed. Oh, that's amazing. That's a huge work, you know. It was as much yeah. the technological as. Us verifying many 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 things by you know but huge exactly. service and value well so you can do stuff you can do but first you need to put order these were the three main priorities and all these three priorities need to be assassinated um you need to have a source which is communication a lot of communication because people are scared. Employees are scared. Providers are scared. Uh, consumers, uh, your clients are scared. Your investors are scared. Everyone is scared. How do you take away scared? Not by shutting up and executing. No, by telling. So we had like a, we we told. I was advising them to put a each one on his own, base and whatever you know, but a frequency of communication. Yep. In our case, we are less than 10 employees. It was one uh, together meeting every single day of 35 minutes, communication yep. with my investors, for example, with most of the companies I prefer once a month, you mm-hmm. know, from the ones that were in the aid of the storm. The others that were flourishing, okay, you no, know, let's focus on selling more. It's okay, exactly. <laughs> don't talk to us, <laughs> you know. But the ones that okay. were in deep trouble, uh, we, we could help, I guess, already just by doing this, talking, talking, talking with them on what others are doing. We also did, for example, an initiative is Friday before lunch, one hour of the CEOs that were in the eye of the storm mm-hmm. together with me as a moderator to talk about these three priorities, as I told you, you know, yeah. uh, minimize expense, maximize cash and uh, new initiatives. Yeah. And they were a brilliant ideas. So actually, if you put 10 p- brilliant people in a video call, that are under pressure with problems that are common to these 10 people normally then you have uh, you have ideas there so these were um, these were a bit our focus in the first uh, month and a half week uh, weekly sessions then after the echoes were obtained and the plan was reduced by weekly sessions okay and now we're going to reduce it to it's okay that's the other thing good thing about early stage it's not two thousand people companies or two hundred exactly. people companies. You know, it's twenty, thirty, max fifty. When we yeah. enter, it's maximum fifty. You know, it's between ten and thirty normally, people. Which makes that, that people are very compromised, that understand and have real access to the CEO, and in deep shit you 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 actionate yourself for something you believe in. You know, and Absolutely. you can cut down or pivot easily or with a little cash, a little help from the government grants and stuff, for example, all of the companies from the eyes of the storm from our portfolio have now 12 to 18 months of runway because of the government financing they had. They had never had this runway. And in the best possible situation ever, like one year of uh, no capital paying and four years of uh, amortizing. Yeah. So, that before the pandemic, the conditions on the loans, they are excellent. Exactly. So you can do that when you're a startup, if you are a it's different. Exactly. Or a mid-size, big-size company. Exactly. So that's what we've been doing as a radical focus. Really focus on these three things. These two things first, then see, because there are going to have opportunities and talk with customers, investors, uh,
0: employees in an consistent manner yeah and and regarding the the priority number three I I you'd say that you have prioritized anything that would have an impact on the short term to to bring cash in or to differentiate the company Right.
1: the thing is that they are the CEOs but uh, in my view uh, they need to try to push for things that are going to flourish very very quickly now but stay in the long term if they can if they can it depends on the industry clients many things but if you can that's the obvious
0: idea got it got it that's perfect i always love the way you respect the position of the ceo and and the team you are always very careful about my it. company exactly. I, 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 I love this <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we well can then, sometimes you're... help not all the time exactly, exactly. So, and and you have already introduced the second topic here, which is world-class leadership, world-class team. And you have talked about the importance of uh, communication, of increasing communication. And um, anything anything else that you'd like to see, especially for, and I believe that in general, startup leaders or scale-up leaders are wartime leaders because uh, starting up a company is so, so, so tough so difficult that if you are not prepared to be always on wartime so I, I would say that th- th- these are the leaders that are more common uh, living during wartime maybe the ones who are more in the SME space or in the corporate space that might be facing more stable um, time I'm not saying easier uh, just different and more and more stable uh, they can think a little bit more meet uh, long term than, than startup and up and people. Um, but anyway, they, they needed to accept very quickly the reality and adapt to that reality uh, very quickly. And and even more important, they need to have their teams uh, following them and setting direction and, and, and finding out the solution for, for the crisis. So any, any examples of, um, of good uh, attitudes of uh, leaders that emerged among your portfolio? Today or uh, late night
1: yesterday, I received uh, an exemplar, exemplary email. One of those that really had a really, most of them did, you know, good reaction from uh, mm-hmm. in this crisis and good results actually. No? but uh, there is a more important thing that you were mentioning at the beginning of this question. Um, just noting this for that particular example, because I think it's important and a good example for everyone, every CEO. Mm-hmm. But uh, the important thing that you're saying, world-class leader, you know that you have a, a wartime CEO uh, when they react positively, when they don't, oh fuck, all that shit, all, all negative comments and stuff. Happily, might, we leave making an industry, uh, where the people that we invest in and the people what we collaborate in and we talk with normally are adventurers. Exactly. They had exactly. a smaller aversion to risk than average, which means those normally are prepared people to be unprepared. Yeah. Which means R- that they know that they're going to encounter difficulties during a startup, even if there's no pandemic that they cannot anticipate okay. and they will need to react. So they are mentally prepared in a sense for being unprepared, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you know, <laughs> exactly. okay. You are not prepared for a pandemic. You are not expecting to have this kind of unexpected, obviously. Okay. But I believe that there's this positive attitude that, uh, was on both sides. The people that had this tailwind and the people that were in the eye of the storm, I mean, it is a mentality in which you say, yes there is a problem. I have an opportunity to find a solution. I have an opportunity, you know, to be in a difficult situation in which I can prove my value and react and learn and, you know, do things, you know. So if you have this kind of aptitude, normally you have many more chances of surviving, obviously. You know the thing is that this is the most important part of the due diligence of any single vc before investing but you cannot do it because you need to see in more time what what happens right. that's why i'm so happy because i'm seeing that most of them have reacted magnificently i also think they have you know an because they're CEOs of startups yes okay I but that. i think that is a very important comment that you were saying at the beginning you know and uh, you need to Always, you can always find the opportunity at the positive part of it. Or you can die. If you die, you cannot think about an opportunity. But if you don't die, you cannot not think about the opportunity. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. If you're alive. <laughs> That's true. Yeah? Okay. Uh, while there the is email, life, for there example. is hope. <laughs> a very good example of good leadership for me is to yesterday night i received an email from a ceo from a company called Singularu, okay which makes uh, jewels uh, little jewels uh, small ticket e commerce of own product okay which had uh, open uh i think it was like seven or eight stores in spain which That's were doing up until the March, obviously, they had right. to close in the pandemic. But to make an idea, they represented a little bit more than half of the sales in less than one year making offline sales and were looking good, but with fixed cost and personnel. okay? Right, right. Not even a month after the closing, they doubled their own and doubled the online sales and uh, put themselves in a positive EBITDA of uh, six figures per month. Okay. Mm -hmm. When they were a little burning a little cash means a company that makes, uh, I don't know, six, seven millions of euros last year. They were planning to grow significantly, but not that significantly in online. Why? Mm -hmm. Because they were scared need to do many things and to see the opportunity and to do stuff and, and they discover stuff and they made a lot of copies and really nice and original content and felt because they were scared they were saying we are scared right. you know they were being truthful and sincere to their public it's a fashion company it is a lot about that Yeah, identify yourself result and today I was receiving this email for the next uh, mm-hmm. board meeting of with the names of the people in the team that have made a brilliant job congratulating them specifically they, it was not an open email but I know that I hope that that email has been sent to the people that were involved and these people who has their names on that email know that their investors and other stakeholders know that they've done a great job and everyone likes to be recognized about his work obviously especially Absolutely. if you've contributed to, to you're working in so i think that's a very good example of how to motivate a a team that is already compromised recognizing it publicly absolutely
0: Absolutely. this is a this is a very easy one and a a very quick tip for the ones who are listening now Uh, just write down an email or in your next all ends just name it one by one all the great job that your team and that each individual has done during this pandemic crisis and give credit to them because uh, it, it means the world to them and uh, this will make them to be even more motivated and more aligned with the mission, the vision and development.
1: This is important because we all these manuals and uh, uh, Business owners and startup CEOs and stuff—they tell you need to congratulate the well-done, uh, well-done job and stuff. Uh, yeah, but uh, you need to congratulate to the guy. You need to exactly. congratulate in presence of the team. Exactly. Congratulate outside of the team makes people feel even more important, and it's good for their
0: careers as well. You know. Exactly. So. I really Be and you can you can do both right so you, you can strengthen the, the team spirit and we will talk about culture in, in the next point and at the same time. Uh, recognize the contribution of the individual to the team. So recognizing that n- there is no individual that can do it alone. And this is the proof of any startup any executive knows this that it's possible to do this, this journey alone. It's really impossible. It's tough and uh, but every single one can make a difference in, in, in a team job, and, and we know if we think about Messi or Ronaldo, they can play a difference, but without a team, uh, they can't win. And, and it is important to recognize them in public when they do a great performance and, and also recognizing the team at the same time, but naming one by one, I, I really uh, agree with you. That's, that's a great act of um, leadership, Vlad, you shared it with us. Uh, So the last topic, culture of execution, it's uh, very related uh, with what we have been discussing uh, so far. I will not talk too much about the rhythms of communication. You already shared some about that, but mainly about keeping the culture alive. And sometimes it can be very tempting to do the wrong thing at the wrong time. So not having the right attitude not talking, especially now, we, we can talk people to people face to face during uh, a lot of the period of the pandemic crisis, uh, but we might have Zoom video, so we need to, to, to say tough things sometimes for the ones who decide to go through furloughs or, or uh, to fire people during the pandemic. And this all, this always stays alive, and it will contribute to strengthen the culture or to um, to make the culture a little bit uh, weaker, so uh, any 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 interesting stories about uh, leaders that leverage this opportunity to make the culture even stronger
1: I think it's uh, a lot about the transparency of communication, yeah. a consistent communication, the frequency on the communication and the transparency transparency, including things that that don't sound good okay It's important it happens you need to put it first okay Uh, that being said that is the important part because they already work in your company because they believe in your idea in in, in in principle in theory yeah you cannot put the fire the hand on the hire for 75 people in a company Obviously, there will be people that are there because, well, okay, I was here, you know. But uh, you need to be careful with that. So, uh, you you need to, uh, uh, the important thing for many people in terms of war is, uh, will I keep my employment, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, A second important thing, I guess, on a secondary part is, will this grow? I will... Probably more on the top management part, not the founders, but the employees that are more senior in a startup, I would say. Okay, is it still that shiny that I thought it was when I joined? Excellent. I mean, will my stock options do something or is this not just survival thing, you know? Yeah. You know, so first thing is survival, like always. I, okay, I'm a senior, but I have two kids and to somebody okay but i didn't join this company as a senior uh, for uh, the salary i joined for yeah. the upside but first for everyone in the company, survival second it's uh so you need to be transparent about survivorship you need to be transparent about uh, opportunities you know projections i mean financial yeah. projections. not everyone will be that interested in numbers but are we going to survive uh, or are we going to have a year so i think that's a very important thing to talk about at first. Yeah. Second, I mean, you need to, the only way, in particular, if you have problems, is to add value. You can only sell things to people. If these people think that what you sell them is worth more, the price they pay is the <laughs> law of economics. You know, <laughs> So you need to add value. VAT, you know, it's a value-added tax. You need to add value. So that's the first thing, you know. And uh, if you add uh, this value, uh, you you will survive. That's the important thing. Okay. You need to make people believe on that spiritual level that of the value that you bring. So that's another thing that you were, we were talking about before. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's focus on short-term opportunities or opportunities that are new, but that will stay in the long term. You exactly. need to add value. That's the the, the answer. Normally, it's a not long-term perspective that is going to motivate people spiritually. Not, we can earn a million euros next month or not. Yeah, let's go. Exactly. Okay, yeah, but I didn't really join the company for that. It's exactly. more about the impact in that industry or my professional in what I'm learning here or things like mm. that, spiritually after survival and upside. Okay? Yep. And, and I, I think that's the three things uh, that you need to uh, put. Yeah. And the, 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 the experience and then there's the personal thing. And on top of that, it's always advisable to have a team that you get along with and like, you can also take some beers with from time to time. I mean, you don't need to have lunch every day. It should also be kind of friends. It's not your friends, it's your team. It's different. They can become your friends, yeah, for sure. But at that moment, it's war and you need to save them. You are the captain. It's not a friendship relationship, but it is a very personal relationship. So let's have from time to virtual, for example, drinks, a beer before lunch, uh, on a weekend, whatever, to talk about what you're planning for Saturday. Uh, first of phase two of deconfinement or more personal thing because you also connect with people on that personal level and and that's probably the more important level you know so that's I think that's it and on top of everything there will be people that connect and are motivated and and there will be people that not if you are a good leader you will do that for everyone but you will accept that there will be people that are not motivated or in your boat and you need He's, he's wrong because he's not convinced by my vision and my message and my personality. No, he's not wrong. He's just not convinced about your vision. Yes. <laughs> and
0: he needs to go to another team where he is convinced. That's fine. I, I love that perspective. So it's, it's the same with a customer that uh, doesn't buy, right? So yeah, it's, no, you it's... need
1: to buy, you need to buy. No, you don't. I need Perfect. to make a product that is for our clients
0: but not for everyone. And in, in certain conditions, uh, those customers would buy. If the conditions change, they would not buy anymore. And and the same applies to, um, to talent. So, and they accepted to buy at that time, but now they are not interested anymore in the product because the context has changed. Or even uh, the problem that they have now is not the same problem that they had before. So they are not looking for the same solution uh, and, and the same. That today. is a
1: problem. That is a big problem, a war problem, a pandemic problem, but that is much less of a problem to a startup with uh, 80, 100 B2B SaaS clients than to a giant with two, three, five million clients of a product that he needs to keep. Exactly. He cannot just cut. So, exactly. yeah, of course, it's a problem.
0: Perfect, and we, we came to the end of the show with uh, a lot of lessons and a lot of tips to really apply almost after listening this episode. Uh, and I'd like you to challenge with the last question. I already did this, this question last time, so let's uh, improvise a bit here. And let's say, if you would have the opportunity to talk to your younger self at the beginning of this pandemic crisis, what advice would you tell to Gonzalo, Uh in March or February when everything started?
1: Um, My father used to tell me uh, about the advice and I I would give me that particular advice which I was lucky enough to hear from my father when I was younger. Uh, Do not take my advice if you are not capable of deciding on your own. <laughs> he didn't say it like that, but that's what I would say as an advice. I hope I would understand it. What it means is that uh, I may be wrong. Listen to it. everyone, listen all advices, but take your own decision, be dependent in your spirit. And be able to listen and hear and understand what other people advise you in their best of their motivation. I'm your father, I'm, I'm, your, I'm my older me, I'm more interested than anyone. Okay, exactly. but I may still be wrong, even when I'm much older.
0: Exactly.
1: So listen to me, but take your own decision still. Exactly.
0: Now, now you understand the reason why you are so disciplined uh, practicing this principle of uh, not imposing your view and not interfering on the decisions of your of the leaders of your portfolio so thanks so much for for sharing your time with us it was really a pleasure to to have you back Gonzalo.
1: thank you very much mike thanks a lot pleasure to to
0: our, you. My, my pleasure and to our community thanks for being there we keep here bringing you the best of the best so you can explore and leverage this amazing opportunity as Gonzalo said. See you soon and keep scaling.